This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Warning, the following broadcast contains adult language, adult content, frank safety discussions, and stories that might sound unbelievable. But believe me, every one of those stories is true. We didn't start the safety war, but we are going to fight to win it. For our families, for our communities, for our workplaces, and for our lives. I wanted to talk about something that's an ongoing theme for safety wars, and that is the why is important. I heard the latest podcast from Todd Conklin, the pre-accident investigation podcast. He was interviewing Tim Walsh. It reminded me of two stories here. One from the newspaper this morning, and it's Tuesday, March 15th, the Ides of March, and a story from well in my past. I'll share with you both stories. The first story is about boilerplate safety plans. You know what they are. You're working in a workplace for a long time, years, and it's the same jobs coming over again and again and again, the same submittals over again and again and again. And you have one basic safety plan, and it could also be uh, other plans, depending on what you're doing, work plans, uh, what have you. And you just change the names around, a couple of details, and it's appropriate for the next project. These plans are a little bit dangerous sometimes. I worked for a large engineering firm and we had boilerplate plans for everything. Most of the plans had to do with Hazwopper, uh, and that's not a new sandwich at Burger King. It's a hazardous waste site operations and emergency response plan. How the regulation is implemented by companies is that there is an overall safety plan for the company and then a site-specific program for the job site. I left the company and was working for another company on a large project a couple of years later. My customer was hired to decontaminate and repair an aircraft hangar on a large military facility. It was a DOD contractor that owned the facility and they hired my former employer as the general contractor. I got in, called into a huge roundtable meeting about the plan that was submitted by my former employer, along with a few questions on plans I submitted for my part of the work. My former employer's plan was written and I use air quotes, by my replacement. It was a plan for another project that had been modified for this one. The people reviewing that plan from the Department of Defense, that, that contractor, had redlined that plan. I mean, the plan was more red than black and white, it looked like. And they were eviscerating my former employer and all the staff there. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And I said, you know what? I cannot let these guys do this anymore. I gotta no, try to help them out a little bit. I don't like to see anybody get hurt. And I said, you know what? I could answer a few questions here because I wrote a lot of this stuff. This is a boilerplate plan and I know a lot of the whys and I had worked there for over six years. Why don't we look at some of these things and maybe I can answer some questions. I started to answer the why, which my replacement did not have the answers for. We ended up working through the document over the course of a couple of hours. I basically bailed him out of my former employer and it became very easy for them. And when it came to my plan, I was able to explain the whys and everything went away. That's a story for another day I can't really share on the podcast. So the why was important. Communicating why we have things and plans and being able to articulate that in a meaningful way avoids a lot of problems. Here's story number two. This actually came out this morning in todayslowhub.com. 
Why do school buses stop at railroad crossings? We all know that was probably because of an accident, but what I found out today was that it was an accident a couple of miles away from my house. How many of you people have seen school buses get blown by at railroad crossings or if the flashing red lights are on or anything like that and people acting like idiots around school buses? I'm sure that's all of us. And maybe some of the listeners here, including me, have grown impatient with school buses stopping at railroad crossings. So next week marks the 50th anniversary of the Y in this situation. On the morning of March 24, 1972, a school bus driver crossed railroad tracks that did not have barricades or warning lights. They weren't required by law. He did not stop to look and see if a train was coming. As a result, a freight train hit a loaded school bus and dragged it a quarter mile. Eventually, it claimed the lives of Thomas Gross, Richard McCalo, James McGinnis, Robert Lauterer, and Stephen Ward. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing names here. Over 40 other people were injured on that school bus. As a consequence, you know what the cause of the accident was? It's a common theme here. Human error. That sounds familiar, right? Let alone that a system wasn't in place at that rail crossing to prevent this type of situation from happening. So as a result, school buses now stop at all railroad crossings, even if the gates are not down and no train is visible. There were a whole bunch of other safety standards that were implemented, including the inception of trauma counseling for victims and responders afterwards. Now you know the why. Maybe knowing will make you appreciate that some rules are made because of horrendous situations to say the least. The other thing is that if someone leaves the company, make sure you know the why everything is in place before they leave. It may make your life a little bit easier. Because the situation I was involved with in the first story is not the first time that that happened to that guy that replaced me. He left the position soon afterwards due to stress. Explaining the whys also gives you a better chance with the workforce or whoever else you're dealing with to manage them. It gives you an opportunity to manage hazards. It gives you an opportunity to grow relationships. Maybe come up with better solutions for hazards in the workplace. Remember, the overwhelming majority of people here are safety professionals. We are not tradespeople. We may not know about the work. We need to form learning teams, learn about the work, interact with people, get to the way down low on things, help people out. Giving the other person the opportunity to learn, giving them respect, and not acting like an overlord, a safety overlord, is likely to give you a better outcome. And better outcomes with workplace safety means that you're saving lives and sending people home safely. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Polzel. Is your safety training old, stale, and hackneyed? Is your safety trainer still preaching a warped version of behavior-based safety? How about safety training that actually addresses your hazards in your workplaces and is not standardized baloney from 25 years ago? Contact the Safety Wars team at safetywars.com or call Jim Polzel at 845-269-5772. Remember, if you're receiving this message, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. 
No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.